You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly on Tuesdays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with the podcast on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds on Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Face all your fears, drink it at me. It's so many donuts on them back streets. Sit so high in the nosebleeds. Feel like I can fly. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds. It's your boy. You already know it's your boy, Kush. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Corey Johnson. It's Corey in the house. How you doing? Good, bro. Good, bro. Corey is here to talk about some sports, man. We got a lot to get into. I'm so excited, so excited to jump straight in. NFL's popping off. MLB coming down the stretch. Man, let's get right into it, man, because there's a lot we got to discuss. Yeah, so let's get into it. We didn't have an episode last week, which means we're two weeks into the football season. So let's start off with probably the craziest story so far this season. That is the Las Vegas Raiders being 2-0. Not because just they're 2-0. They beat the Ravens and the Steelers. Week one, they beat the Ravens. Uh, in overtime, 33 to 27. And then week two, they beat the Steelers 26 to 17. And those are two playoff teams from last year. So, and if we look at the offense, Derek Carr is off to a hot start. And the Raiders defense, just, I don't know about you, but I definitely <laughs> doubted the Raiders defense, but they're looking a lot better than anticipated. And uh, we'll see if they can keep it up because their next two games is against the Dolphins, but the Dolphins aren't going to have Tua and uh, the Chargers. So definitely not easy opponents. So we'll have to wait and see. But based off the first two weeks, Corey, do you think the Raiders are legit? I'm going to be honest with you. After they When they beat the Ravens, I was surprised. I was surprised. I really thought that was kind of a just a, a write-off game for them, kind of a fluky game for them. Because I, I was watching the game. I don't know if you saw, but because it was on Monday Night Football, shout out to Peyton Manning, by the way. Peyton Manning has been killing it with the Monday Night Football coverage. If you guys have not been checking it out, you guys need to check out that Peyton Manning football coverage on ESPN+. Plus Because that dude is hilarious. The way that he breaks down the game and how he like gives you incentives. He said on the first drive, he said the first drive was going to tell him everything that he needs to know about the Raiders. And as soon as Derek Carr threw it straight into the ground, he was like 6-11. That's a 6-11 drive right there. And so I was like, I couldn't agree more, to be honest with you. So, I mean, the Raiders really, I think, have shocked a lot of people, not just solely based off the fact that it's been, you know, by luck or by happenstance or they've gotten away with it. You know, you can maybe say that about that week one, that week one was kind of just a chaotic game, but hell of a game to kick off Monday night football. If you ask me, but honestly, that week two game was like, Hey, uh, if you haven't taken, if you're not looking at us, you got to look at us because they came into Pittsburgh on the road. Henry Ruggs was running all over the place and he was terrorizing that Pittsburgh secondary. They just could not keep him in front of them. And I just think that Derek Carr I won't go as far as a lot of people are saying after two games, but I think he's definitely elevated his stock because there was a lot of people that were saying that Derek Carr was has fallen off that that middle of the pack tier because I don't get me wrong. I feel like Derek Carr is a solid, good quarterback, but I never thought Derek Carr as of recent was pushing himself into that mixture of you know, above average. Like I thought he was just kind of like holding that, that, that average, you know, solid, reliable, good, you know, starting quarterback role, but he's looking like he's trying to get the Raiders into the postseason. And I think, you know, if Vegas is trying to really do something, this is the best way to get it done is to start, you know, airing it out. You got weapons to utilize. You got Waller, you got rugs, find them, get them the ball. You know, obviously when Jacobs gets, you know, a bit more healthy, you can pound it with him as well. I think that the Raiders offense, I think might have been a bit underrated than what we thought. And this team overall is going to ride that offense. And if the defense can keep, you know, putting up performances like they've have been, this might be a sleeper team that we really didn't expect to have a good season this year and might shock us and may even make a postseason run. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've done a great job offensively. We've seen in the first two games and then defensively as well, too, with Max Crosby, who has just bursted onto the scene. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Max Crosby, out of his draft class, he leads his whole draft class in sacks so far. So kind of a crazy stat. Um, I'm not knocking them, but, you know, when the opposing team's defense is kind of banged up, you looked at the Ravens, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Marcus Peters, mm-hmm. you know, that would have been a difference maker. And then Absolutely. with the Steelers, their uh, defensive line was pretty banged up. TJ Watt went out, um, Stephon Tewitt's not there. So it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, get pressure on that quarterback. But <sighs> I'm going to get a lot of knock for this. But I don't see the Raiders maintaining this hot start. I mean, look, I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. Yeah. They beat my team. Yeah. But I just don't think they're a team that can make the playoffs. And even if they do, I don't see them making any noise. Because looking at their schedule, they got a tough schedule. And I'm only confident with them getting wins against the Giants and the Bengals. Every other game that they play this season is a possibility of a loss. It's kind of like some of the games they'll lose and some of the other games are a coin flip. So, it's kind of tough, and especially if you saw last game, Derek Carr, he went down with an ankle injury, so he's going to start this Sunday, but he'll definitely not be 100%. He's not really a mobile quarterback in itself at like when he's healthy, so the fact that he's not going to be 100%, especially with an ankle injury, is going to be kind of tough for him and the Raiders' offense, you know, to if, they, if the quarterback's getting pressured, it's going to be kind of tough. Yeah, I think that they – could be a sleeper but i'm not buying in fully into them either to be honest right. with you because I, I think um these back-to-back wins for them is a great way for their franchise and their fans to feel great about themselves especially this has probably been the best momentum they've had since making the move from oakland to vegas like oh, as far as on the football field because it's kind of been really no positives to to, to you know cheer about if you're you know, a, a Raiders fan, but these past two W's have kind of, you know, uplifted the spirits of the franchise and really got them going off to a, a good run because we're talking about potentially John Gruden could be on the hot seat if things don't really go into the right direction because he's had back-to-back seasons where things started off well and then they kind of fell off towards the end of the season. So, I mean, maybe they kind of have that same thing going where they start off hot and then they just can't get it, you know, going and they can't uh, finish it out and get a playoff spot. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I think that they got something good going, but I can't trust them and certify them with my stamp of approval of them being a playoff team as of now. I think they're kind of a little bit of a pretender for me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you saw, but definitely Vegas has an effect on the Raiders. I don't know if you saw <laughs> Monday night before when they were doing the introductions. Like me, myself, I got chills because they had Steve Aoki DJing yeah. over there and they had yeah. Bruce Buffer mm-hmm. doing the intro. His mm-hmm. uh, It's time. Yes. So, I yeah. mean, it gave me chills. It was, it was a dope intro. But we'll, we'll wait and see to see what happens with the Raiders. Let's move on. We got the Panthers starting off 3-0 and and on the backs of that defense. Right now, they are the number one defense in the NFL. And Sam Darnold finally on a winning team with weapons. And he's done a great job managing games, but it was unfortunate. Christian McCaffrey went down with a hamstring injury uh, against the Texans Thursday night. So that is going to be a tough loss. We'll see how long, how how severe that injury is. But I said it last year that this deep, I said it last year and I said at the beginning of this year, I said the Panthers are poised to be a top five defense in the league. I thought it would be next year because I thought this would still, and I thought they'd be a top 10 defense this year, but I they've expedited that, you know, that defense and they're looking really, really good. And you saw they spent a lot of draft capitals and draft picks to get defensive players and they've hit on a lot of them. So the Panthers are starting off great 3-0 and so far through three weeks. Do you think the Panthers have a chance to make the playoffs this year? I think, obviously, if the, on- the only way I can see them making the playoffs is if it's via the wild card, because I think that their division is a division where it's going to be tough for them to go up against the Saints. It's going to be tough for them to even go up a team against the Falcons, because the Falcons, you know, are still a solid overall team. I mean, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs – but I think that they can, you know, with the offense that they still have, they can still, you know, light you up if you allow them to. But I think defensively, like you said, you hit on that perfect, uh, perfectly, Kush. When you talk about a team and you talk about their strengths, obviously quarterback is something that you want to look at. But opposite, but opposite of the spectrum is you want to look at the defense. And so far with the Panthers, 
they have really caused teams fits as far as getting points on the board. And they really made it tough for you to be able to get into the end zone and, and just try to, to score. And I think the biggest difference, I think, from this Panthers team has obviously, I think, been on the offensive end. They definitely missed Christian McCaffrey last year. And then you obviously add in a guy like Sam Darnold, who he's his confidence is going upward. And I think this we talked about this being like a really big season for Sam Darnold after he left the Jets. And I really think that it was more so obviously on the end of the Jets, not providing him with weapons and not providing him with protection and competent coaching, competent coach. Yeah. So, and we're seeing that with Zach Wilson right now, because Zach Wilson, you know, this past weekend, you know, through what was it? Not one, not two, but not even three, but four picks. Oh, I mean, and again, it's, I, I think it's tough when you're on a team in an organization where they're really known for losing and they don't know how to get it right. And they're in this, this, this just bad realm of where they just can't move forward in a positive direction. The Knicks were in that, in that same spot a few years ago uh, in the NBA. And so, I mean, uh, with him finally getting out of an organization like that and Sam Darnold and now in an organization like Carolina, where they do have competent coaching, they do have a competent GM and they do have competent front office and they do have weapons that he can utilize and a familiar face in Robbie Anderson, by the way, who he loves to target. So I think this is a perfect situation for him to be able to finally show the NFL and show NFL fans and show everybody and show himself really that he is a solid, good quarterback in this league and he can get the job done. So I think that the Panthers could sneak a wild card, but I think that's the only way they do it. I can't really see them winning this division. Speaking of Robbie Anderson, he got the bag and he has not been, he had that one big catch week one, but he hasn't done really anything else since. But, uh, I think the, I said the Panthers were my sleeper team in the NFC this season. But, I mean, as long as the NFC West remains to be dominant, I can't see the Panthers making it. I think they'd exactly. miss out the playoffs by probably a game. Because if you look at their schedule in the second half, it is not friendly to them. They have the Patriots, the Cardinals, Washington, Dolphins, Bills, and then the Buccaneers twice. So those are all playoff perennial teams. So I think it's definitely going to be tough for the Panthers. But if this defense holds tight, who's to say that they don't make it? True. Moving on, we got the Texans who played against the Panthers in Thursday Night Football. And my preseason prediction is already a bust. The Texans will not go 0-17. <laughs> hey, won't. I told you. I told you they were going to win week one, though. I told you. I, they were gonna win I don't remember one. you saying that, but maybe. I said they had maybe. that week one against uh, against Trevor. I thought they were going to have okay. him out there having fits, but I didn't know that they were going to do that. Yeah, well, they won week one against the Jags in convincing fashion. And then week two against the Browns, they were going blow to blow with them and their contending team. So, but unfortunate for them and probably even more unfortunate for Tyrod Taylor is he suffered a hamstring injury and is now placed on injury reserve. So Davis Mills made his first start on Thursday and didn't do great, but he didn't do bad for his first start for a rookie against a Panthers defense like that. Uh, not terrible, but we'll see. Um did you do you see the Texans possibly winning any more games this season? I think they might win one more. Um, I think that it, it'll be a similar situation to what the Jaguars did a season ago as far as have that surprising win week one when I think they played the Colts and they yeah. surprised everybody last year and no one expected them to win. And after that, they kind of just had no no normal wins after that. So I think if anything. I would probably if I if you gave me the choice of will they win more than one more game, I, I would have to take the under on that. I'll take the they're only gonna win one more game the rest of the way. Even though there's an extra game this season, I still only think they're gonna win one more game. I think their best chance of winning that game is gonna be week 12 against the Jets or against the Jaguars mm, again, exactly. week 15. Other the than that, bowl. I can't see <laughs> I can't really see him winning. So it's gonna be it's gonna be, you know, interesting to see if they can get another dub. Um but, I mean, who's to say if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get injured in the middle of last week's game against the Browns, who's to say they don't beat the Browns? Because that was a very close game. And before Tyrod went down, I believe it was tied or they had a they had a lead, something like that. But Yeah, yeah, it was neck and neck. Yeah, so it, it, it was interesting. 
Yeah. Moving on, we got news that Justin Fields, the Bears announced that the first round pick from this year will be yes, making his sir. first start of his professional career. Andy Dalton was set to be the starter for yet another week, but suffered a knee injury last week and was ruled out. So it's a tough first game for Justin Fields as the Bears are going to be taking on the Browns in week three. The Browns are currently seven and a half point favorites this game. What are your expectations from Justin Fields in his first start? I think people kind of have to remember he is a rookie and kind of have to remember what what he did, like what what we've seen so far out of him. And he's featured, I think, in all their games so far. Um, Yeah, he he did feature in the Rams game. He scored his first touchdown rushing. It was a rushing touchdown. And I know he did get some minutes late on uh, last week against the Bengals. Um, You know, he did throw that interception, but I mean, he he. He has some good spells in him where he can do really good, uh, where he can have precision. He can find his open targets. I think his thing is, is just being able to kind of slow himself down. You know what I mean? Because a lot of guys always talk about the NFL, like the speed of the game is way different from college. But I, I think sometimes you get caught up with you going so fast that you're out of control. I think you got to play fast, but within yourself, you know, uh, and so I think when you look at a guy like Justin Fields, he needs to play to his strengths. You know, if he's able to get outside that pocket, if the play breaks down, then get outside that pocket. Don't feel this pressure and this need to have to. And sometimes I feel Lamar Jackson kind of does this, too. I feel like running quarterbacks don't want to necessarily be running quarterbacks and they want to kind of stay in the pocket a lot of times to show off their that they can't sling the ball down the field and throw the ball down the field but if you got the capabilities to break outside that pocket and get around that defense then by all means please do so if you you can do it then just go ahead and do it so and i think this is uh gonna be something that he should you know relish in the moment and just live in the moment even if he makes a mistake if i'm matt Nagy or if i'm you know whoever on the sideline i'm telling him hey rook just go just keep playing just keep playing come on just keep playing keep your head up you know because he's gonna make mistakes this game i'm I'm expecting him to because he's gonna be a tough opponent that they got to go up against and obviously the browns and their defense has been has been kind of shaky so far, but, you know, has been pretty, you know, has had their moments too. And they got some guys who can come off that edge and, you know, apply that pressure. So O-line is going to have to protect him as much as they possibly can. Can't let him get, you know, hit and knocked around. And if he does that, I think he'll perform well, but I just don't know if he'll be able to get that win because it'll be a real tough game. Yeah, looking at the Browns coming into this week, they're somewhat healthy this week on the defensive side of the ball. Their linebackers core is a main concern just because some of them have been limited in practice. But uh, if you look at last week when Fields took over for Andy Dalton, he went six for 13, 60 passing yards and one interceptions and then rushed for 10 rushes and for 31 yards. He had that touchdown, but Allen Robinson dropped that. He put in the perfect spot for Allen Robinson to catch it. Um, But and then, like you mentioned, he had the rushing touchdown in week one. But I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Fields coming into this uh, a week. But I still think he's going to be efficient. I'm, I'm projecting he's going to get 230 passing yards, a touchdown, 65 rushing yards, and a touchdown. So he's going to have two touchdowns and almost 300 total yards. But he is going to have a turnover in a losing effort. So mm-hmm. I just don't think he can get the job done in the first game. It's a tough matchup he has. Um, but the Browns, they've had problems containing mobile quarterbacks you've seen it in more checks and multiple times and justin fields has shown that he can be a good mobile quarterback and uh, make it plays with his feet as well as his arm so it'll be a fun matchup to watch and i expect the rookie to have a decent first start so maybe even in fantasy if you want to pick him up uh mm. maybe that if you have a super flex position i would definitely try to look for to start justin field in that position but I, I just don't – I for sure don't think he's getting the win this week. Yeah, I'll say this, though, um, as far as, like, you know, his chances of maybe potentially sneaking a dub is that it's a short week, and who knows? You know, he is a rookie, and there's not that much tape on him. So his benefit is the fact that he hasn't been starting these past couple of games, and he's only been, you know, getting under center here and there. So maybe that's to his advantage as far as the Browns maybe not being able to have a whole lot of footage to be able to game plan for him necessarily. So who knows? Maybe there, maybe he's able to have more success and maybe he, you know, pulls out a W, but I just don't see it happen. Yeah, for sure. And to, 
to that point, you saw mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson go six and one. Yeah, he didn't put up the flashy numbers, but he went six and one just because there wasn't a lot of tape on him. Last year with Jalen Hurts, there wasn't a lot of tape with him. He wasn't as successful, but he was definitely like in games against good uh, teams last year. So definitely that's a great point that you bring up. Moving on, week two was a hell of a week in terms of football because there was eight games that were decided by one score. You have the Giants versus Washington on Thursday night. The <laughs> Washington won by one point. Then you have the Bengals versus the Bears, the nosebleeds game of the week. The Bears won by three. You had the Rams versus the Colts. Rams won by three. Niners versus Eagles. Niners won by six. Vikings versus Cardinals. Cardinals won by one in a shootout. Cowboys versus Chargers, Cowboys by three, Titans versus Seahawks, Titans won by three in overtime, and then the Chiefs versus Ravens, Ravens won by one in Sunday night football. So, so far, if you look at it, primetime games have been great this season. Four out of the six games so far have been decided by one score, not including the Thursday night football from Thursday night. So, which, so far, which game has been your favorite primetime game? Man. Uh, I I guess I would. I mean, opening night was a pretty good game. I'll say that one. Uh, but as far as like chaos that I witnessed, that ended that um the end of the Ravens game versus the the Raiders. That was insane to me. Just seeing the end of that game and how that one played out, and the fact that it was on Monday night, like that was insane to me. Like the Ravens. I thought I had that in the bag because I'm like, no time left. Justin Tucker pretty much essentially ices it out with, you know, really no time enough. I'm like, Derek Carr is not going to, you know, get them down the field. And even if he does, I don't really see them making that field goal. I'm like, they make the field goal. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to overtime. And then, like, the Ravens are driving down the field. It's like, oh, you know, they're going ahead and go ahead and seal this up. And then they turn the ball over and give it right back to the Raiders for them to go ahead and score the game-winning touchdown. Like, that was just incredible to me, that that back and forth. And really, that element of once it went to overtime, Andy, it was really there for the taking for either one of those teams. And the Raiders just made the least amount of mistakes and was able to pull it off. Yeah. I mean, that was a crazy game. I mean, sorry for me, but it was <laughs> it was a great game. Um, but I'm going to go for the opening uh, night game, the opening kickoff game, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Total of 882 combined total <laughs> yards between these two teams and 770 of that coming through the air. Seven passing touchdowns, four receivers over 100 yards. So, and you had defenses forcing turnovers. So you got a little bit of everything. You had pass, you had defense, you had everything. But it was a hell of a way to kick off the 2021 season unless you're a Cowboys fan. But even then, honestly, to be a Cowboys fan and to see that you just went toe-to-toe with the reigning uh, Super Bowl champs, like that is something to hang your hat on for sure. But um, two teams, I went back and forth with one another. You had big plays. You had from Amari Cooper to Antonio Brown to, uh, you know, Chris Godwin. You just had great plays after great plays after another. And they came down to the last possession. And I think these two teams, the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, can definitely be division winners. And maybe we see a rematch between them in the playoffs. So it will be interesting. One thing before we move on, Kush, we have to talk about, that everybody seems to be talking about is the taunting penalties. It's oh like, my God. yo, we, we're bringing it back. Are you blind? And it's been happening week after week after week. Flag is getting thrown out. Like, and it feels like it's crazy because the NFL, I think a few years ago, did the best thing ever with allowing players to be able to express themselves with touchdown celebrations yeah. and being so lenient with that and allow them to be able to, because it, ma- it made you feel like a kid again. Like it brought back the old days where, you know, you would have like Terrell Owens or Randy Moss get into the end zone. Them guys just pull out the craziest of celebrations and do something fancy. But now it feels like dudes can't even get hyped anymore. Like they can't make a good, like when a receiver makes a big catch over a, a cornerback, he can't stand over him or he can't flex on him or he can't talk trash to him. Or if a cornerback knocks the ball away, he can't, turn and look at the guy otherwise it's gonna get called it's like it's crazy bro it's because they're in the moment man you gotta allow them to have that expression you gotta allow these players to be able to feel themselves and i think that is absolutely crazy that the nfl has decided that this is a necessary rule change because imagine if a game gets decided in the playoffs this season kush because of a taunting penalty 
whether it's in the playoffs or the end of the season that decides the playoff position, I think it's going to be brutal. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I definitely tweeted it after the first week of preseason saying that these taunting penalties are going to be the end of me. I'm going to be <laughs> yelling at my TV. I'm going to be <laughs> tweeting at the NFL officiating crew. And it's just going to be an absolute shit show because yeah, like you got to think about it. These guys are going up against the best athletes in the world. And if they make a good play, they can't celebrate. That's what you're trying to say. Like, it's it's mind boggling, but yeah, for sure. I think we're not on the, the the boat alone. I think there's a lot of people on the same boat as us in terms of this uh taunting penalty. So we'll have to see because last year they had um the or was it last year or two years ago where they had the challengeable passing interference call yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a shit yeah, show yeah, yeah. now they have this taunting penalty which i'm pretty sure they're gonna get rid of and be more yeah like yeah like mid-season season, yeah mid-season i don't I think, think they'll they be get... able to change it mid-season i think next year they'll be able to change it the owners yeah. will have a meeting or something well like i that. think that they'll probably tell the refs to like be a lot more lenient with it is what i think that they'll express i think mm-hmm. it'll the rule will still be there but they won't be as stringent with it as they're are with the start of the season i can see it being lenient these are the nfl refs you got to realize these are some of the worst refs (laughs) in american sports so we'll we'll, we'll definitely see moving on we got the game of the week let's talk about the first two weeks week one we had washington versus the chargers me and Corey went with washington the listeners chose the chargers and the chargers came out on top I'm going to just say if Brian Fitzpatrick was healthy. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. But but we're not going to do hypotheticals. What ifs? all that charges won fair and square. Week two, we had the Bengals versus the Bears. Uh, Got a lot of heat for this thing. Like, oh, this is your guys' game of the week. They're like, it's going to be a good game. Just watch. <laughs> and it was. It was a one-score game. It was 20-17. to 17. And uh, me and Corey picked the Bears, and the listeners picked the Bears as well. So the current standings, the listeners are undefeated 2-0, and and me and Corey are sitting at 1-1. One and one. But week three, we got a big, big game. We got the Buccaneers. Versus the Rams, both teams coming into the week two and zero, and I don't know how this isn't a primetime game, but the Bucks are currently one point favorites despite being on the road. But both of these teams are the top two favorites to win the NFC Championship, so we could be getting a preview of the NFC Championship maybe. And you have Tom Brady, aka the Goat, off to the best <laughs> start of his career at the age of forty-four. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. And then you have Matt Stanford, who is off to a great start with his new team, and he finally has a defense to back him up. But the major stories are Antonio Brown and Daryl Henderson. Antonio Brown tested positive for COVID despite being fully vaccinated. He will need two negative tests uh, 24 hours apart from each other in order to play. But he tested positive on Wednesday night. And then Daryl Henderson injured him injured himself last Sunday versus the Colts with a rib cartilage injury. He's questionable to play on Sunday, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think that. Henderson's going to play. I think it's going to be Sterling Michelle. They're going to give him the the keys to that backfield for the game. But against the Bucks, I mean, it's so you hard can't to really run against him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if Zeke Elliott is getting shut down in the week one, I really right. think it's going to be tough for Sonny Michelle to do anything as far as in the run game. So I think this is going to be a passing game for sure. Yeah, for sure. But um, since this isn't a primetime game, which is kind of crazy, kind of allows us to use it as a game of the week. So... Who are you rolling with with the afternoon game? Oh, man, this is a tough one. But I think that the Bucks are going to pick up their first L. I think that they're going to come into L.A. and they're going to have a tough time. I mean, I think that the, the, the Rams defense has been comparable. I think that they've been tough pretty much. The thing that I'm looking for is them to get a lot more pressure on the QB. If they get a lot more pressure on Brady, I think that's going to do wonders for them. And just to be able to just not allow him to sit in the pocket, because we know when he sits in that pocket and has all day to throw, he will pick you apart. He's going to find Gronkowski. He's going to find Evans. He's going to find Godwin. He's going to just pick you apart if you allow him to. So it's going to be the job of, you know, Aaron Donald and that defensive uh, line to be able to cause some sort of pressure and give Tom Brady at least more than, you know, less than, you know, ages to throw back there. So if they do that, I think that they should be fine. The only thing that kind of worries me is offensively a little bit is 
can the Rams offense do what they've been doing these past couple of weeks against pretty much the same defense that ran through and led the way for the Bucks to get that Super Bowl, you know, so that's going to be a, a big time matchup. And I think if Stafford, this is, this is Matthew Stafford's chance to really, really, really show, yo, I have a ride. You know, it was good to see that week one game, you know, for them to be able to have that performance. But if he goes ahead and does this against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, that would just be, I think, a big time performance and another, another, you know, chance for him to be able to be able to say like, Hey, I am an elite quarterback. Respect me. Yeah. Looking at these two teams, I think it's a very even matchup. So it honestly could be a coin flip because you have two great defenses. You have two great offenses. And I think the spread right now it is minus one, the bucks, but I won't be surprised if it turns into a pick them come Sunday. Cause that's <laughs> just how even these teams are. But uh, Daryl Henderson, if he does not play, which I don't think he will, that is going to be a big deal just because he doesn't provide – I mean, obviously, he provides a solid rushing attack, and but the Bucks shut that down, obviously, whatever team it is. But the Bucks are also notorious for allowing passes to be completed to running backs, and Daryl Henderson is a great guy who can catch out of the backfield and turn something into – or turn nothing into something. And look at Antonio Brown on the flip side. He is a big loss knowing that uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be either on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So that's definitely going to free up whoever that third receiver is. Um, But and since Antonio Brown's not there, that's kind of a big loss. But I was looking at the stats and we've seen the Rams give up a lot of rushing yards to the Bears and the Colts over 100 each game. And the Bucks have given 60 or less rushing yards to the Cowboys and the Falcons. So I think, but the Rams do have a great pass defense, but I will say that was against the Bears who has Andy Dalton as their quarterback and against the Colts with Jacob Eason who took over in the fourth quarter of a one score game. So I think the Bucks are on a, even without Antonio Brown, they're on a different level in terms of passing offense compared to those two teams. So I have a feeling this is going to be like the, my favorite primetime game that the week one Cowboys versus Bucks, where it's going to be an absolute air raid between these two teams and we could see, 600 700 yards in the air and ultimately i do have the buccaneers coming out on top it was so hard for me because like even right now while you were talking i'm like flip-flopping i'm like do i go rams or I go <laughs> yeah, I know, buccaneers? Right? hey i'm still thinking too to be honest with you and i already made my pick and i was like damn that was yeah. a good pick <laughs> yeah so it, it's gonna be tough but i'm ultimately if you're going with the rams for sure then i gotta go with the buccaneers so we gotta we gotta change yeah. it up for sure, for sure. The, the, the standings got it we can't be tied one sure. one somebody yeah, gotta... somebody is gonna have a losing record at the end of this week absolutely so we're gonna make sure we post it on our social media we're gonna post polls on there for the game of a make week sure you guys vote yeah go vote because you guys got to maintain your undefeated record so make sure y'all choose wisely because otherwise mean. you one of us is gonna be up there with you guys if you guys choose wrong so we'll see we'll see we'll see all right switching gears let's talk about baseball mlb we haven't talked about the mlb in a minute and there's only a week about a week and a half remaining little actually little under a week and a half remaining in the regular season and the play postseason push is coming down to the wire so far the white Sox, the giants dodgers and the brewers have all clinched playoff spots so let's look at the division leaders real quick we have the American League in the American League East. We have the Tampa Bay Rays leading by six games in the Central. We have the White Sox who already clinched their division. Everybody else in the division has been eliminated. And then the American League West, you have the Astros leading by six and a half games. And this is as of uh, Friday morning before the games start. And then looking at the National League East, the Braves have a two-game lead over the Phillies, who are sitting in second. And then uh, the Central, you have the Brewers by seven and a half games. And in the National League West, you have the Giants leading by one game with the Dodgers right behind him. So that's a very close race. And then you have in the American League wildcard, you have the Red Sox uh, holding the first spot with two games above. And then the second spot is the Yankees. And then in the hunt, you have the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the A's in the wild card. In the National League, you have the Dodgers, who have solidified a spot for sure. And then the Cardinals, who, by the way, have won 12 games in a row. So they are hot right now. And uh, they have a four and a half game lead over the Phillies and the Reds and the Padres, who are in the hunt for that last wild card 
spot. So let's talk about divisions before we get into the wild card. Who do you see winning each division? Let's start off in the American League, the East, the Central, and the West. Who do you have with the East? Um, I'm taking Tampa. I think that that six-game lead is just going to be a little bit too much for either the Red Sox, Yankees, or Blue Jays to overcome. Um, I mean, yes, maybe one of the, out of those three gets hot and tries to make it close, but I just think that Tampa is just – they just – know how to win at this point and i feel like they're just going to close it out and shut the door just because i think it's just too much of a gap for either one of those teams to be able to come back from and with the red Sox and the yankees which you know obviously we'll get into a little bit later but one of those teams is maybe even both those teams they'll take games off each other because they're going to be playing each other in a big series coming up pretty soon so um that's going to be huge but i think the only team I really see could maybe like give them the, give the Rays like a, a, maybe a challenge is uh, the Blue Jays because they have a pretty decent schedule uh, heading to the end of the season, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, man. Cause I think that the Rays, their schedule is probably the best out of the, all those teams competing in the AL East. And I think that they're going to be able to take it home. Yeah. I got the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I mean, I know the Red Sox are hot right now. I think they've won seven games in a row. So, but I still think that the Rays have a sizable lead and they'll, they'll win the division. But they do have a pretty tough uh, three-game series coming up. They have the Marlins and they have the Astros and the Yankees. So, we'll see. Anything can happen. But I have the Rays winning the AL East. AL Central, White Sox have already locked it. The rest of the division has been eliminated from playoff contention. Might be the worst division in baseball, maybe. Um, it's close. But, yeah, in terms of record-wise... Yeah. Um, moving to the American League West, Astros have the lead right now. Who do you have winning it? Uh, I'm going to take the Astros here. Um, maybe the A's can maybe come back into it because they're really not that far off. But I just think that the Astros, to me, I think that they they have kind of established themselves as that that team in the AL West that is the team that usually wins the division year in and year out. Um, so I think this is kind of nothing new for them. Um, they'll be able to kind of, you know, shut things down and kind of, you know, go ahead and take home the division crown again. But uh, I, I, I mean, man, the A's, man, they're always that team that always are always in that hunt for a playoff spot. So if some craziness happens down the stretch, uh, that would be just insane. And I think, that would probably be one of those things that it would suck if you're an Astros fan more so than I think even the scandal to not make the playoffs or find yourself losing the division and having to settle for uh, a wild card or or even not even making it to the, uh, a wild card position because, you know, just everything that's going on right now, you could even miss it out on a wild card spot. So if you have the division lead and you blow a seven game lead like that, that would be crazy with the last week of the season coming up. Yeah, I got the Astros as well. I think they have a sizable lead, but their three-game series that they have remaining are the A's, the Rays, and the A's again. So the A's definitely could if they, they make got a some chance. Noise, they, they got a chance. chance. They got For a sure. chance. But all, all postseason hopeful teams with those three series, but I think they hold on to it and win the AL West. Moving on to the National League. We got the National League East. Who do you have winning it? The Braves are ahead right now, but to be honest with you, I think that the Phillies, man, they they they've been feeling like an itch and scratch type team, man. They've been just scratching and clawing out these crazy wins, like these late extra inning games that I've been seeing, like go deep into the night. They've just been able to find like crazy ways to win, and I think with that with that lead kind of being you know neck and neck right there, and with them having you know a player like who lives for these moments, like Bryce Harper, I I, I think the Phillies are going to take this division. To be honest with you, maybe it goes all the way down to the final you know game of the season yeah i'm right there with you even though they're two games back the uh of the braves in the division i think the phillies come back and win it they have a more favorable schedule than the braves in the last three series they have the pirates the braves which is going to be a huge one and then the marlins and the braves play the padres the phillies and the mets so i think that the phillies versus brave series is going to be a huge deciding factor to who makes the postseason out of these two teams Moving on to the National League Central, who do you have? Uh, National League Central, I'm going to go out and say that the Brewers are going to take that one. Um, they got, I think, they 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 hit their stride probably like midseason, 
But uh, I think uh, the Brewers are definitely going to take it for me. I think that they have probably a, a lot better pitching on their uh, on their rotation and in their bullpen. And I just think that they're they're going to be able to get the job done for me and head back to the postseason after uh, they kind of looked like they weren't going to make it for a while, but they were able to go ahead and take this uh, division crown. Although the Brewers have a sizable lead, I would not sleep on the Cardinals winning no, the no. division because they're the, they're the hottest team in baseball right now, and they play the Cubs twice. They have two series against the Cubs and then the Brewers, and while the Brewers, they play the Mets, the Cardinals, and then the Dodgers. So call me crazy. This is a really, really bold take, but I think the Cardinals could sneak up on the Brewers and take the division from them and knock the Brewers to a wild card spot, which is pretty I mean, crazy because yeah. they have a seven and a half game lead and there's only nine games left. So call me crazy. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not insane to think about it because I because the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty insane. <laughs> OK, well, I think that I don't really think they're going to lose another game till the end of the regular season. That's yeah, a bold take it, right there. It, it, well, I mean, that's basically what I'm saying. If I yeah, say the I Cardinals gonna are going to win, but... I, I just don't. I don't see them losing. I, I think they're really in playoff mode right now. Like, so let's really say, let's say that the Brewers get swept by the Cardinals and the Dodgers, then it becomes they're right there. yeah, it becomes a game and a half if yeah. the Cardinals win out, and then yeah, it's going to be very very interesting. So we will definitely see. And then the last one is the National League West. Who do you have winning it? Because this is a very close call. Dodgers only a game behind the Giants for that division. Oh my God. It's it's been tough. It's been tough for me to go back and forth, but I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with LA to take it. I think LA is gonna take it, but it's gonna be close, man, because you look at both their schedules and they're gonna be facing some they're gonna they're gonna really have to fight tooth and nail with each other because it might be a day where the Dodgers like overtake them, and then it might be a day where the, the the Giants are right there waiting to see. I think they're both going to be watching each other's games to see, and they're going to just be paying attention oh, absolutely. to the standings. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that that is going to be crucial to get that uh, that division crown because neither one of those teams want to go through winning almost you know hundred games, potentially hundred games this season, and then have to you know play in a wild card. <laughs> that would be insane. That would be insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I mentioned, two powerhouses battling for the division, only a game separating each other. But I'm going to say that the Giants end up winning the division. They have a more favorable schedule. The last three series they have are the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and the Padres. And the Dodgers have the Diamondback, Padres, and the Brewers. So it's going to be very, very close. And it's going to be absolutely hilarious to see the Dodgers when they play the Padres uh, in the second to last series. They're going to be, because, you know, Dodgers yeah, and Padres fans. They're going to be clowning on the Padres there in their three-game series. But then the next, uh, the last series for the Giants is against the Padres. And I think the Dodgers are going to be rooting for the Padres to beat the Giants. So the Dodgers could get that division uh, title. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this uh, National League West shakes up. Speaking of the Padres, what did you think of the whole Tatis? Uh, Manny Machado, Machado thing? Yeah. What did you think of that? I don't know. I think it's just baseball. I think. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's I, just, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I, just I think like it's just because playing. it's 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 Manny Machado. Manny Machado yeah. has such a bad rap in in baseball from the fans, from the league and everything. So that's why I think it kind of blew out of proportion. If these were two other guys like, yeah, I don't think it would have been taken as seriously. But yeah, people were going crazy with the memes. They were saying this was just like Kevin Durant and Trayvon Green like, <laughs> yelling at each other. And so, like, um, I think this, like, that whole blow up, I feel, is going to probably be the story of their season. You know what I mean? Because they were, they were, you know, tipped to at least bare minimum, if not to be competing in the division for, uh, with the Dodgers to go toe to toe. To at least get the wild card, and it doesn't look like that. they're not even going to make that. So I mean, like that's that's insane to me that a team that had all this talent and all like you know that just couldn't get couldn't get in, and it's like man, they're going to miss out. Uh, and it's just like man, because no one saw the Giants, like no one expected the Giants to be doing what they're doing right now, and it's like yo, I think people had the Giants like battling for a wild card spot, right, but right. not in but the not situation. In this, yeah, in this situation where they're yeah, top of the crazy. division. So, well, since we're talking about the wild card spots, let's talk about the teams that we think are going to clinch those two wild card spots in each 
uh, league. And let's start off with the, or actually let's start off with the national league. For me, I think this is an easy one. It's going to be the second place of the national league West, whether mm-hmm. that's the giants or Dodgers, it has to be one of them. And then in the national league central, it's going to be between the uh, brewers and Cardinals. And since I have the Cardinals taken the division, I think it's going to be the brewers. And since I have Dodgers, or since I have the giants taking the division, I think it's going to be the Dodgers and brewers getting the wild card spots. What do you think for the national league? I think it's going to be the Cardinals because, like like I said, um, I honestly don't think that the Cardinals are going to lose another game this season as far as in the regular season. Um, I think that they're going to definitely pencil themselves into that wild card station. And uh, like Coach said, like, you know, whether you're, you know, you can easily flip-flop between Giants and, and the Dodgers. I'm taking the Dodgers to win the NL in the West. So I got the Giants being in that one-game playoff, which – Honestly, was good. Is that that looks like a tasty playoff match of Giants and Cardinals, to be honest with you. Yeah. And Dodgers and Cardinals would definitely be a good playoff match. I think any any team. So I have Dodgers and Brewers, and I think that's going to be a hell of a pitching matchup. So e- either way, even if it's Giants, Brewers, Giants, Cardinals, Dodgers, Cardinals, Dodgers, I'll say this. Brewers. I'll say this. A lot of people don't give MLB credit, but I do like the one-game playoff. A lot of people don't really – like they go back and forth about it, but I actually like it because it's like – this is your season on the line. Everything you work yeah. for, like 182 games, this is it. And if you don't get the job done, you kind of have to just wait till, you know, <laughs> the summer to start it all over again. It's like, dang. All right, let's move on to the American League wildcard spots. Who are the two teams that are going to take those spots? Oh, my gosh. You know, I was – and this is crazy that I'm saying this because, you know, I had them going – to the world series and now i'm i'm really about to say this but i got the red Sox and i got the blue jays making it and the yankees they're not making it man and i'm just like wow i had them going to the world series before the season started and now they're not even making i don't think you're alone because i think when we did our preseason predictions when we had milton sports corner on here i think three out of the five of us or maybe even four out of the five of us i was the only one without the yankees in the in the world mm-hmm. series and mm-hmm. everyone else had the yankees in the world mm-hmm. series I, I can't remember if kyle had them in there or not but i, I know you cody yankees, and yeah. curtis definitely did yeah we had Dodgers yankees so yeah it's crazy all right so you who, who are your two teams you have the red Sox and the blue red Sox and the blue jays yeah yeah, for me, I think the Red Sox, they're the hottest team in the American League right now, and I don't see them stopping. They play the Yankees, then the Orioles, and the Nationals, and they have a two-game lead right now. I think they maintain that. They get the wild-card spot. Even if they get swept by the Yankees, um, I still think they get that wild-card spot. And then all eyes are going to be on the Yankees because right now they ha- they're they holding that second wild-card spot by a game ahead of the Blue Jays. But they are going to play the Red Sox. They're going to play the Blue Jays. And they're going to play the Tampa Bay Rays. So all division rivals with postseason <laughs> hopes. So. Like, yo, this is going to be the gauntlet for them. They got to play Absolutely. all of the teams in their division just to make it into the postseason. And just to play in the wild card. Who's said, like, they like they lose a game. They go through yeah. all that. And they lose yeah. a game and don't make it to the division. Regardless, like, if, if they if they win out and still somehow keep hold of the wild card, but they lose to, you know, if it's the Blue Jays or the Red Sox, I think it's probably going to be the Red Sox if they, you know, get that one game. I don't see them winning that one game. <laughs> I don't it's going to be tough. Winning. It's going to um, be tough. Especially being on the road, too. Like, but um, if they don't win, then what are we saying? Are we saying uh, the manager getting fired? Like reloading again? Mm, I don't know. Aaron Boone may be gone, maybe. Boone gone? I mean, because I don't, I mean, I feel like Boone, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him this year, but I feel like I would, I would bring him back one more year. I would give him one more season. I mean, they made it to the, to the, the the American League pennant and they almost won it, but, you know, the Rays had different Mm -hmm. ideas, but I would give him one more season to be able to be like, you know, this is it, you know, this is kind of your last chance to be able to, you know, make a deep, postseason run and get a world series and that 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 would kind of i feel like be a, a good way for him to go out but i could totally see them if they don't win out and if they don't make it to the postseason i can see him being fired for sure possibly but i'm there with you i don't have the yankees making the postseason as crazy as it sounds um because i have the blue jays they have the twins 
the Yankees and the Orioles only a game back with an easier schedule. I think they get the last spot over the Yankees, but then you got the Mariners as well too. And they're still in the hunt for a wild card spots. They're only, I think what two games behind the Yankees for that wild card spots, only a game behind the blue Jays. And it's crazy to see because they lost James Paxton early in the season. I think in his first start, he went out. So that was like their ace right there. And I think the Mariners have a better chance than the, even the Yankees to make the postseason because they have the <laughs> Angels, the A's, mm-hmm. and then the Angels again. So I definitely mm-hmm. think the Mariners could get a wild card spot. And then you have the Oakland A's there in the hunt too, but they're four games back and they have the Astros, the Mariners who are hot right now, and then the Astros again. So it's going to be tough for the A's to, to make the postseason. But basically to summarize my American League wild card, I think the Red Sox get the first spot. And then I think the Blue Jays, and the Mariners have a tied record and they have a tiebreaker, one game tiebreaker. And whoever gets that gets the second spot wild card. And I think the Blue Jays will prevail and get the wild card spot. So I have a little drama cooking Yeesh. up in the American League. Wild card, I would love to see it. I'd love to see it because it'll be it'll, it'll an extra game fun. just to get into the postseason. Oof. Yeah. It's going to be I, I I think it's very possible just given how favorable the Mariners uh schedule is since they have the Angels twice. So It'll definitely be interesting, um, and we'll see if my prediction comes right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Nosebleeds NFL MLB. Let us know your predictions for the season and how the season's going to end in the MLB. And make sure you guys let us know on our social medias on Twitter at the underscore Nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds. On Instagram, the Nosebleeds. And on Facebook, the Nosebleeds Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on those. Uh, shoot us a five-star rating if you guys like what you hear. Write us a review if you're feeling generous Corey, any last words before we wrap it up shout out to the homies over there at target know y'all listening appreciate y'all um but yeah man just glad to be back um push man hope everything's good with you bro uh i know you've had like a lot of things going on with you man and just want to say you know it's good to be here back on the pod with you bro and good to be able to you know chat up sports with you my man but you know just to let you know bro nosebleeds we got you bro nosebleed fan we always here for you man appreciate that always and last shout out to milton sports corner because they always shouting us out on there so you know it's only right to shout them out it's only right our brothers over there but that's gonna wrap it up we'll catch y'all next time deuces